a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. Uh, today it is Amy Donaldson and Steve Handy at the wheel of this. Yes, we are. Not Titanic ship. <laughs> we're not. Hey, this thing's going to come into port. <laughs> we're like a speedboat. Yeah. We're not, we're not a. We're not, we're not going down. Right. Um, I'm very excited about this next topic. Uh, it, it may segue into some other uh, of my favorite things to rant about, but uh, we want to talk about service dogs versus comfort dogs versus not bringing your right. dog to public spaces. Right. Um, uh, we're going to, you've invited a guest. On. Yes, I've invited yeah. a guest. Let me talk, let me talk about this. So, uh, we're going to talk in a minute with uh, my friend Dave Davis. He is the president of the Utah Retail Association. And I have a constituent who uh, has reached out to me a number of times who is, has a, f- okay, it's fine. It's a phobia. It's a fear of dogs. But her, her issue is, is that he, she says, I go into a grocery store and people have these dogs in there. And I, she says, I respect a service dog. That's fine. And, of course, from, you know, my, my orientation, you know, seeing eye dogs t- type of thing. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of other service There are, dogs, like kids fine. with epilepsy and have dogs that great. warn I, I somebody that they're going to have a seizure. friend who talked to me about, you know, a, yeah. autism. And wonderful. That's yes. great. But there are people who push the, push the envelope and they have a comfort dog. Well, emotional support. Emotional we support. should say it's there called an go. emotional Thank support you. animal, Thank you. and it's not just dogs. Thank there's you. pigs. There's there's all kinds of things. But anyway, this is a regulated under the Americans with Disability Act. But we have done some things, and I know that the retail stores, Dave, they're sometimes beside themselves because of the complaints that they get from their patrons about you know these people who will have a growling, snarling dog at them. Uh, in this in in the store. So, what do we do about this? What can we talk about, Dave? Well, um, Steve and Amy, thanks for having me on to talk about this topic. And quite fr- frankly, you're right. Uh, our retailers are frustrated at this point because, on the one hand, we want to be incredibly respectful yes. and accommodating to those that have legitimate service animals mm-hmm. and need these animals to perform work. To help them with their disabilities. Mm-hmm. On the other, uh, on, on the other hand, uh, our society has gotten to the point where the family dog is now a part of the family, and people feel uh, like they're entitled to bring the animal into public spaces, into grocery stores, whether it's a service animal or not. And we have been placed in almost this untenable situation where. Um, the Americans with Disabilities Act really limits our ability to be able to determine whether or not these animals are truly service animals that are needed by people or if they're the family pet that's just riding in the grocery cart along with uh, mom and dad that are doing the shopping. Um, So, I was going to say, there's a lot of issues that I think people don't take into account. I'm a dog person and I, I, I foster dogs. I love dogs. I think all dogs are in some way emotional support animals. Yeah. But, you know, some people 
like you say, they need them to be able to function in, in their job or in their lives. Um, and that's kind of the, the difficulty. But what are some of the things that people have told you? I know I can think of things like being an allergic to a cat or um, having a fear of a dog or um, what are some of the other things that um, people have brought to your attention or incidents that you've dealt with that have have come, have come from this uh, people bringing animals into public spaces? So Representative Handy hit on the fact that there are many people that have just a fear of dogs. And mm-hmm. I think that that's probably one of the most common things that we hear. We hear that and we hear that uh, people have allergies to mm-hmm. the fur, to the dander that comes from uh, from animals as well. And then probably the final thing that we hear is there are people that have concerns, and I think that they're legitimate concerns, about uh, cleanliness and sanitation. Right. Um, do, I, do I want to take and put my produce into a cart that you know, Fido has just been No, I don't. In, in the, the cart. And I think most people have that same reaction, which is, no, I, I don't want to do that. But I want to be clear as well. I think that our customer base, our retailers, uh, they are incredibly supportive right. of those that truly need the animal and uh, want to be supportive of that piece of it. And quite frankly, those people that are out there that are bringing just the family pet into the store, you're doing an incredible disservice to those people who truly have disabilities because now there's almost a reaction that yeah. people have. That, that every think, dog is bad. Yeah. That's right. Every mm-hmm. dog that is in the store is not a service animal, and it's just someone bringing in the family pet. And it's a huge disservice to the disabled community out there that truly need some of these uh, animals to help them function. Well, and as a dog lover, I'll, I'll rant about this. When you're inconsiderate, like when you take your dog off leash because your dog is friendly, you don't realize that there are a lot of people who have dogs that are not friendly, that need you to leash your dog so that right. their dog doesn't have an incident with that dog. Um, but it's an incredibly selfish thing to do if you don't need that dog to function and you really don't need it to be in a public space um, to kind of pass it off as, as an emotional support animal or a service dog. Um, when people, it's the, it is absolutely their lifeline. And I think that's where dog owners need to maybe ha- check themselves. There are lots of great places and things to do with your dog that it's okay and that they want your dog there. There's even businesses I know who will have dog nights. Okay, stop bringing your dog every single day to my business. On this night, during these hours, your dog can come here and you can eat here with your dog. <laughs> All you dog people can be here for these four or five hours alone. And I think that's a really generous um, offer from people who are in business. And I think it's really just a matter of sort of, like you say, understanding the real critical need that some of these people have and then saying, I don't want to be the person who ruins it for right. somebody right. who truly needs it. And and then for our uh, consumers out there, I know many people will get frustrated with their retailers and say, well, why don't you just go throw the dog? Kick them out. Yeah, you just kick them out because uh, we can all tell that this is not a service animal. And this is where uh, the legalities come in and the Americans with Disabilities Act. It basically limits a retailer 
to asking two questions to that consumer. We can ask, number one, is this a service animal? And if the customer answers yes, we can ask them, what work has it been trained to perform? And that is it. And if they answer both of those questions, then the retailer is really bound and can't ask that to that animal to to move out of the store it unless the animal is menacing other customers or um you know yeah. urinating in the store or things like that there're just a few limited times when we can ask for them to to leave so my plea is to those of you who love your animals so much that you want to bring them into public spaces unless that animal is a certified service animal and is needed for a disability we'd ask you from a retail perspective please leave fido at home um, and uh, make sure that we are able to continue to protect the rights of those with real disabilities that need these animals in order to function in their daily lives. What a great message, Dave. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much. Thanks. Good reminder for all of us. Yeah, Be reminder, more Dave. considerate. <laughs> um, you're, Thank you. We would love to hear your comments, questions. Uh, if you have anything to say about this issue, uh, you can reach us at the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail at 801-575-7668. You are listening to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.